Lady Luck crept up on me like a crazy fuck Tapped me with the wand on the shoulder as a way of making up for the tears that have poured The years I've endured when anxiety and fear left me floored The stress would creep from down under like koala bears Had me gritting my teeth and pulling out my noggin hairs But now through some type of dumb luck I've come up And I'm awestruck by my surroundings So smoke them if you got them We came to the top all the way from the bottom What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode number 47 of Connections Magic. Thank you so much for coming back and tuning in, spending this time with me. The artist you just heard is this week's guest. He goes by the name of Wax because Wax is a very versatile substance and he's a very versatile artist. He does comedy, rapping, singing, directing. Very talented dude. Wax was actually one of the very first independent artists to blow up on YouTube and really gain traction independently back in about 2009-ish. To date, he has a little over 100 million collective views on all of his YouTube videos combined. He was also the first ever artist I managed after leaving Interscope Records. There was a point where we met with every record label it felt like in town and couldn't get a deal. He had to take a day job. We soon realized that he couldn't do his writing and have that job at the same time. I actually paid his bills for a few months so that he could just focus only on writing and creating. I didn't want us to get tripped up in the mud. We'd worked so hard up to that point uh, I bridged that gap and eventually I got us a meeting with Def Jam and we were able to do a deal with Def Jam Records and then unfortunately we parted ways on a very sour note soon after that and uh, that falling out hurt me greatly especially after all the time we put in together to make matters worse I was working at the Tonight Show with Jay Leno at the time when this went down and I was so distraught over our falling out that I ended up getting fired from that job as well. So a big uh, double whammy. Unfortunately, scenarios like that are all too common in the music industry for artists and independent managers to have falling outs. What's not common is the reconciliation and coming back around. That's very uncommon. So I'm very grateful that Wax and I got to come full circle together after about a decade and have this heart-to-heart conversation about music and life. And much love to Wax for coming on. It really means a lot that we got to bring it full circle. This will be a two-part episode, and here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Connection is Magic. I'm your host, Samson Shulman, a former music executive turned podcaster and coach. In a world obsessed with the highlight reel and keeping our difficulties hidden behind the curtain, we end up feeling lonely and isolated, and opportunities for human connection are missed. On this podcast, we dive deep with our guests and get them to share those dreaded, unfiltered pieces. We learn how to make lemonade out of life's lemons and realize adversity isn't sent to break us, but rather shape us into the greatest versions of ourselves. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Now let's begin our journey back home to connection. What's up, everybody? Thank you for coming back and tuning in. Today's guest is Big Wax in the building. What up? What's going on? What's good, bro? Uh, chilling, chilling, man. Just here at the, uh, here at my studio, my kind of a new, new spot. I moved to San Diego. Uh, I lived in Los Angeles for 13 years. Wow. Just like just a couple months ago, I moved down here. And uh, if I'm being honest with you, it's been, you know, I've been mentally, I've been good, but physically I've been bad. My back is all messed up. So I'm dealing with that. And, uh, you know, besides that, I've just been, just been writing, writing songs and 
making stupid comedy <laughs> videos and stuff like that. Chain reaction. Yeah, chain reaction is one. And then I have the newer the newer one. that's like a spinoff. Mm-hmm. The Joey to the fr- the friends chain reaction. Uh, it's just snacks with wax. So it's like the same thing where I just talk talk about like a snack that just review like review it and make up stupid jokes Yo, about it. You know what inspired that? Talk to us about like where you went like Wendy's and you found a hair in your burger or some shit. What what, what was no, it? No, no. The first episode of Chain Reaction was because my homie Yev, who uh, he was trying to get a job and he needed and he the job he was trying to get was actually at this company that company Barstool Sports and he was trying to get get a job as like a videographer and editor and he needed to have something for his resume. So he called me up. He's like, can we shoot something just so I can have something for my resume? And then just real quick, we thought of the idea of doing a review of Denny's. <laughs> so from there, we were like, oh, this would be cool to have a review show about chain restaurants called Chain Reaction. We did like 25 episodes or something like that. And you can see them on YouTube. Wax Chain. Re- if you search for Wax Chain Reaction, you can find a bunch of them. And then since then, I really enjoyed doing it. You know, I really enjoy just like being a host and kind of you know, life is so heavy. I like talking to like to balance it out. You got to be dumb and silly and childlike and talk about stuff that is really insignificant in the long run, because, you know, you got to keep your mind off off the shit that's heavy. You know, that's what the way I look at it. The snacks with wax thing came with from just being on tour. You know, if you're on if you're on tour a lot, which I kind of kind of am. I mean, not recently, but kind of on tour a lot. So you go to a lot of gas stations and you eat a lot of snacks. You know what I'm saying? So I just figured that, like, you know, I'd just to have some content on the road and have some fun on the road and to have something to do on the road in the van, I would, I would do like a, you know, like little episodes about snacks you find at the gas station. Yo, that's amazing. You reminded me of like, I read, I read books about Mozart, which obviously, you know, the classical, (laughs) classical guy. And he would travel, he would travel in carriage, bro, between like long stretches through Europe. And he would make up all these fantasies in his head images and his thing was called the kingdom of Bach. It was in his, one of his um, Mm. biographies. You got to keep yourself occupied during a lot of dull stretches. Yeah. So Mozart kept himself occupied. <laughs> right. Yo, I you knew know. you were going to have zingers. You want to hear if you want to hear gems, <laughs> you want to hear gems like that. I, I didn't know. Tell, was, so you can I tell I'm a comedic genius. I know you're originally from Maryland. You know, when did you start taking the music shit seriously as like something you could do for a living? Like, I don't know. So like, I just interviewed an artist last week and they're like, it's not like, you know, when you're a, a musician starting out, it's not a field where it's like, if you're a doctor starting out, you just go on LinkedIn and hit up a doctor that's done it already and have coffee with them. And she's like, I can't go hit up Rihanna on LinkedIn and be like, yo, like, tell me what it's like. Yeah. When I was mm-hmm. a kid, I didn't, I didn't have a mentor like that for sure. Because especially where I'm from, uh, it's a really small town in Maryland and even more so when I'm from, there was no internet or, or in other words, like to be on TV or be on the radio, it felt like, like that might as well be on Mars. So it was even harder back then. Cause the reality of it is now, I mean, people hit me up all the time. Like they, I listened to somebody's album this morning. It just DM'd me. You know what I'm saying? Granted, granted, I don't get as many DMs as Cardi B or whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, but there, but, but, you know, I, I liked people when I was a kid that were probably about my same level of fame that I would have loved to talk to them. You know what I'm saying? I have a twin brother and we play, we grew up playing music together and writing songs together. Who's also never, a crazy lyricist, by the way, right? Just put that uh, out there for the people. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. We always thought it was more like especially because this is kind of how my parents raised us like it's more like this is something you do for a hobby you know what i'm saying 
it wasn't until I got to like college age that we, we, you know, we were in this band for a long time. And we started to really take it seriously and want, want to get beyond just it being a weekend thing. I didn't start to think, think the shit was possible till our band started doing well. You know what I mean? But then we, we never did well enough that we could quit our jobs. And then the band broke up and I quit the idea, the idea that I could do music. That was about, I was about 24 and I, qu- I quit that idea. Walk yeah. away from the vision of, yo, I can make money doing this type of thing. Right, like, you walked right. away from that. Right. I tried. I wanted to just be like, you know, Damn. this is a, this is a hobby I do. And I have I got I had a million jobs and I had a girlfriend and I tried to, you know, be a regular dude. You know what I mean? But then after a while, I'd, I I moved to L.A. and decided to, I went to audio engineering school under the guise of like maybe I could do something in the music industry, but really kind of always knowing that my idea was I wanted to be able to gain the skills to record myself and mix myself and all that. So I could just do my own thing, you know, for sure. And at the same time that that happened, the like YouTube came out and that kind of enabled me to also have a platform to put stuff out there. And, and luckily like at that time I had, I already had, over a decade of like songwriting experience and even touring experience and studio experience and all this stuff just from this band that I was in for so long, you know? I'm sure you have friends, uh, you hear, you hear, or just hear people complain generally, but mm-hmm. everybody's upset that the shit they want to have happen hasn't happened for them yet. And like, it's like, no, motherfucker, like if that shit happened for you, that shit would have like crumbled like very quickly because you weren't yet fully baked like we're almost like in an oven or something and we're just baking and you can't take the shit out too early that does yeah yeah and people fall apart a lot of a lot you know we all we're all familiar with the stories of like uh teen stars teen movie stars from the 80s who ended up doing heroin and all this shit you know it's 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 much more surprising when somebody makes it out like a justin timberlake for example when somebody makes it out of the boy band or the or the or like the Macaulay Culkin had a lot of issues, you know. Yeah, saying? for sure, so for sure. Cats like that. It's more surprising when they when they're normal than when they're not. <laughs> That's when they're true. Messed up. That's true. You know? I kind of I, I think about that sometimes because especially because of the fact that I have an identical twin brother. If I would have been and I'm adopted, if the if different parents would have adopted me and they were like a stage mom type of vibe, it's very possible, very possible that they could have got us on some like Disney whatever you know what i'm saying we had we probably had the adorableness and cuteness to pull it off but at the same time knowing myself i would be dead i'd be dead if that happened every time that i didn't become too quote unquote famous i fucking dodged a bullet you know what i mean yeah i mean i think it's a valuable message for people to hear some of some people think like why hasn't it happened yet they get so antsy and impatient man it's just so common especially because you know like instagram everything like you see the highlight really like yo just constantly is feeds you with, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I want to be there. I want to be there. You know, it's like all these, that's the, that's the downsides of social media. You know, it makes us not want to be patient through that process. Right. Right. I agree. Like people send me, they'll be like, Hey man, I I made a song. It's the first song I ever made. What do you think? And I like, I'll be like, it sounds, you know, I, I don't know what the, so usually if, I, if I'm going to say something negative, I don't even reply, but mm. what I, what it, what you want to say every time is it sounds like the first song you ever made. And it sounds like something you don't need to be sending out. I love talking to artists about that leap though, from, uh, you know, their home state, you know, Kansas, sorry to be cliche, mm-hmm. you know, to, to LA, 
I think that 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 shit takes so much courage to me, man. You know, having done that shit myself, just tell us that actual leap, right? From, from Maryland to LA and, and how bumpy, how, how many bumps were there for you when you just got here? Well, an interesting, it's, it's interesting too, because <clears throat> what you just said, people, a lot, so many people, especially, especially a few years ago would always tell me like, it's just so dope that you had the balls, you had the courage to go to LA. And I, I just always, I'm just always like, I had a car. <laughs> I drove, I got in it and drove, dude. It ain't rocket science. You got a map. You know what I'm saying? You know, you need a map now. You got Siri or whatever. Like, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't. That never registered for you. You're saying what people would tell you. I that. never, That's I never registered that it was an act of bravery. And I, I, if I'm being dead honest with you, I think it's because, um, well, a, a, because I, I, uh, I don't know. I have like a sense of adventure or something like that, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bring I mean, up you... what I was going to say, but, but the, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, my move to LA was interesting because I first moved to San Diego and that was when I moved to San Diego, I was in that phase of like, I ain't even trying to do music for a living. I was working mm-hmm. on an album and working on songs, but it was, it was all under the guise of fun and you know, I already had a couple like fans and whatnot anyway from my old band. I was just going to have fun with my brother and he he moved to San Diego. So I did, too. And I, I worked construction in San Diego for a year. And then really what happened is uh, the relationship I was in went sour. And uh, I was really I was really sad about that. And I think part part of the reason the relationship went sour is because she saw that my life wasn't going anywhere. So that almost made me. Uh, I, I really should fucking thank her for all the stuff because she was a big inspiration. Like her leaving, uh, made me reevaluate my own life, you know? And then, and then part of my early stages of achieving in Los Angeles was kind of awesome. Like I'll show her, you know what I'm saying? So wow. I'm not the first story like that either. A lot of people ha- are trying to prove something to somebody when they do stuff like that, there's you know a chance. I mean? Reminds me of a chance. The rapper line said, you know, I, I bet my ex is looking back like a pillar of salt. I think, have you heard that song? He spit that bar and something, but I haven't heard that, but, but yeah, I'm sure that that's probably the case. She like dumps you. You go through a period of, you know, depression, I assume. Right. I mean, did you get, mm-hmm. you know, there's a song. I mean, you talk about this openly music and liquor, right. You know, you right. struggle, you struggle with depression and you were drinking all the time. Yeah. And I think the bar in there is something about seeing your next door neighbor who was living this like just like this yeah. treadmill kind I, every day is the same. Groundhog's Day. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I lived in Pacific Beach in San Diego and the, the construction worker that lived next door, he would pull up in his car. And I swear to God, like like a cartoon, when he opened his door, beer cans would fall out of the car, dude. He was like a road worker. He wore one of those like a. Uh, neon green vests you know he come he come home and wear his neon green vest and he every day he drank probably 15 miller high lives what was funny about that dude too is on thursdays there was a bar down the street called the silver fox and on thursdays they had all these drink specials and every single time you saw him he was getting out of his car with his with his construction vest on and then on thursdays he'd have his little collared shirt on he'd walk up to the silver fox like he was gonna you know i'm trying to fucking change his life with some girls or something i don't know but you see him with his hair slicked back and shit. You see him with his hair slicked back going to the Silver Fox. I saw that and I, I just saw my future. I saw because like a lot of and I totally get this. And I have a lot of friends that do construction and and our culture is so based on alcohol, you know. And if you do construction every day, 
I'm not surprised if you get addicted to Oxycontin because some of these people are actually in pain and have messed up bodies from doing this stuff. You know what I mean? So you're, the cycle becomes like work barely enough to make it and keep yourself medicated on the side. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was doing. And that's how I saw the future. So I was like, first of all, I love music. I could get a loan. I got like a loan to go to school. When I moved to LA, I didn't know one person. I don't, I didn't know a, a person. In LA. Not even like virtually. Cause you had the YouTube shit kicking though. Right. At that point, you didn't touch base with no one in LA off of that. No. Okay. No. The thing that I had was when I first moved to LA, I went to school. So all my first homies were people I went to school with. Audio know, like, engineering school again, exactly, right? Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They had all these labs you could book out for free. And I'd be like, I remember asking the dude the first day, the teacher, I was like, it's probably hard to get these labs, huh? He's like, honestly, nobody ever books them out. I did. I did that. The album you were just talking about, the music and liquor, the liquid courage album. I did at the school. That's interesting because on that album, I think like I could just feel like your fire on that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, like fuck almost like in the same way uh you know if you if you think about like j cole's you know j cole's first album or like maybe one of eminem's very early albums you know how there was that fire in them like yo fuck this like i wanna i'm gonna break out of this bullshit and go do it you had that you had that on that album cool so i wanna throw you that <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I appreciate bro. that, man. I appreciate. It. I haven't listened to that album in a while, but I do appreciate it. It's always tough as an artist, right, to like be like, "Yo, this is my favorite song." But off of that project, could you say like what song, if you had to pick, what song speaks to you the most or spoke to you the most? That's funny. They uh, one of my most popular songs is and is the one you already mentioned, "Music and Liquor," which yeah. was on that project. But when I did that project, I made that song and I remember showing all these songs to my friend Morgan. Shout out to Morgan. He was another person. I was really he was my first friend in L.A. from the recording school. Nice. First friend, first friend in L.A., Morgan Jenkins. <laughs> and uh, I played him more. I played him music and liquor. And that was one that I wasn't even going to put out. I was like, oh, it's kind of corny and fucking emo. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was he was like, this is the best song you got. He was like, this is your best your best song on the whole thing. So I put it out and it turned out that a lot of people relate to shit that's fucking emo. My personal favorites are usually the ones that are the more like there was a song on there called Slaughterhouse. It's like this weird, weird halftime like fucking. Yo, that shit was that shit was too left for me. That's my favorite one. I mean, okay. I haven't I haven't listened to any of the songs in years except the ones I do live. But yeah. But that was quite an experience making that album. And that was really fun. The freestyle in the car type of videos were, were before any uh, actual music videos. Right. Like, so, like peop- the, the only reason I have music videos is because, I mean, it's really one specific dude that saw my freestyle videos that went to Full Sail University in Orlando and introduced me to what would become like my crew that did all my videos, you know. But uh, yeah, it was the freestyle in the car type of videos that really got yeah some, at some level of popularity well i was still broke <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i was still obviously I was, still, I, I was very i was very broke at that time i mean you you might remember that i was pretty broke then yeah but uh, that's what makes it cool though that's what makes it cool to me is right. like you see now you see your shit's connecting and you probably think oh shit there's possibility and i just just walk us through that excitement and like what it felt like i just want to hear you verbalize it my problem is i don't really get that excited you know, like I wish that I could tell you like, oh, I was jumping for joy and so happy that people were listening to my music or whatever. But I don't really get I don't really get excited. I'm a 
problems in life is I don't get excited. You know what I mean? I don't get, I don't get, I don't, I don't, all I do is I I was looking at like, what do I got to do next? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not thinking like, I I don't stop and smell the roses, especially at that time. And I think in some cases it's natural, you know, instead of, instead of just like, like kind of like being like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You're like, okay, I got to work head, head down is what they call it. Head is down. You know, you're not looking up and, and thinking like, Oh, this is going well. You know, you're kind of more just thinking like, well, I better keep this going because it could fucking not happen at any second. You know what I mean? So I guess that I was just kind of trying to keep it going, making more songs. And uh, we started making videos and, you know, trying to keep shit going. I used, I used, I tell people all the time when I, when that first, that new crack video came out, I used to spend an hour or so every day, just going to other people's videos that were kind of like, like a video by Eminem or Royce to five, nine, or like somebody, somebody rapping on the street or whatever. Somebody like, I'd look at videos where I'd be like, people who like this are going to like my shit. And I just make comments. I just, I do spam comments on other videos for like an hour every day. You know, you put on that grind yourself. Cause there's really nobody else to put in that grind. There's for nobody you, else. Right? Nobody yeah, else. Yeah, could, yeah. yeah. And I didn't wow. have money to pay somebody. I should. Wow. And I, what I say is like, I did that a lot when I first started, I should have kept doing it. Should have done it every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that little stuff adds up, you know, I've still had so many people say that that's where they found me. So they're watching like proof and Eminem freestyle in car and saw some comment that said, if, if you like this, you're going to like this, too. There's this meme of like one dude at a podium and like this audience of like 500 people. And he's mm-hmm. like, who wants change? Everybody's hand goes up. Who wants to work for change? Nobody's mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's hand goes up, mm-hmm. bro. <laughs> right. And I feel like that's right that's you in those hitting those comments and doing that right. hustle. Like that's hard work. That's like, you gotta work. You gotta that's work. not, that's not sexy at all. Not sexy to think, you know, I'm going to fucking grind here for two hours on bill nine, number 84, you know, his handle, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no. Know? And yeah. And, and it's funny too, because at that time, at that time, first of all, at that time, rapping on youtube it's not like now like back then like rapping on youtube was like some really really nerdy shit that you get made fun of for you have to battle through like people doubting you people making fun of you i mean everybody even if you're dope is going to catch hate yeah what did that what did the negative shit feel like everybody's different with this shit but for me if i read a hundred comments that say you're awesome and then i read one comment that says something that something negative that's the one i'll remember you know and especially the negative comments, especially hurt when they're they're true. There's a quote that's dope as fuck that said every master was once a disaster. I fucking love that quote. You have to let yourself be shitty at something until you're good, bro. Right. Right. But if right. people start knocking you when you're in your process towards becoming a master, some people will stop just altogether and not reach mm-hmm. their potential, bro. So segue well, this, there. Well, this is why this is that. Yeah. And that's a, that's another reason why people should be careful about putting their first song on the Internet to be judged, because like a lot of people will be judged poorly and they'll be like, oh, I must not have any talent and I must not be any good. But the yeah. reality of it is the reality of it is that nobody was good on the first time. If you read your comments, it, it will like you don't have a choice. If, it's, if if stuff sticks in your brain, positive or negative, you don't have a choice. You could tell yourself like. I'm not going to let these comments affect the way I think or affect the way I work or affect Mm -hmm. the way I view myself, but you don't have a choice what your brain retains. You know what I'm saying? If you read a comment, you can't say, you can't say, you don't have one of those men in black things that erases your memory. There's a reason why people with big egos do well in the world. 
because they don't let that shit get to them at all. They could give a fuck. Whoa, that's a job, you know? Part of part of part of just like this this ultra confidence where you're just like I'm where you really believe that you're the shit, which is not something that I have, but uh, I have it like so it's something that pe- people like me like have that when they're on a stage, you know what I'm saying? But in regular life, in everyday life, you're just not not like that. But some people are like that. I've met people like that. They're the kind of people that when they go into a music studio, especially like in the major label kind of world. Uh, there could be anybody in the studio. And as a matter of fact, if somebody's there that they don't know, that'll probably fuel them to go harder and fucking be like, yeah, fuck this dude. I'm going to show up. You know what I'm saying? But like the average person, you know, if you create shit from your heart, you're like, who the fuck is this dude in here? That's fucking, he doesn't, not saying it, but I can tell he's judging me every second. You know what I'm saying? Like it ruins your creativity for some people. You know what I mean? You've gotten to hang around some famous artists and musicians, right? Yeah, I've hung out with some famous artists and musicians. Yeah, for sure. I just want to dig a little bit more in on that. If you there's, met people I'm, say, that, I'm saying okay. I'm there's a reason Donald Trump became president. There's a reason Kanye West is huge. There's a reason for sure. people, uh, people that don't have big egos, they join the Peace Corps. They become teachers. They become nurses. This is why fucking 15 percent of people are egotistical dicks. But they're the people who run the world because people who are good people that care about other people that are real and they this world is not built for them to be in charge. So they're not. They're not in charge. Most people don't want war. Most people don't want these these this this shit, but they're not the people in charge because the, the way society is built is it fucking if you're strong and you don't give a fuck about other people and you just care about yourself, you succeed. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying these people need validation. What I'm saying is they don't give a fuck if they don't have it. They're just Hmm. like, fuck you. I'm the shit. Fuck you. That's what their that's what their attitude is. You know, even if they're not a narcissist like Trump and they have a soft side when they're by themselves, which is what I have heard about somebody like Kanye, for example, his shit's more calculated. You know, Mm -hmm. these people that don't give a fuck and are basically like, fuck you. It's all about me are the people that succeed in a capitalistic world where it's dog eat dog. Fuck everybody else. It's all about me. Just, you know, shit just got dark. <laughs> shit right. just got dark, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's, let's just bring a little bit of light back to this, right? Cause you know, you've actually, you've actually gotten a hang with Dave Chappelle uh, maybe once or twice. Yeah. You might've right. Yeah. So Dave, like, times. so, all right. So here we go. I don't, he wouldn't know me but by the way. He, he wouldn't, wouldn't know, know you. Okay. No, it's just, no, 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 I ain't no. like I, let's 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 be specific. I don't know the dude. I've hung out with him a few times because I got my home. My, one of my best friends is, is friends with him. You know, got so you. got you. Definitely. Definitely hung out a few times. But it, like a dude like he wouldn't you wouldn't be like, hey, Dave Chappelle. Remember Wax? He'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> if anybody's listening, I don't know Dave Chappelle. See, bro. I love it. I love it. Because a lot of people would like try to go for the flex. Like, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Dave and I uh, like this. Dave is like a humble ass dude. I mean, I haven't hung with him personally, but I mean, shit, he seems as like as humble as you could get for being that level you know there's a reason he stays in ohio he's not trying to get caught up in all the fucking you know the riffraff of hollywood and shit very he's very open about that i agree right i I agree that i I agree that there that my my theory or whatever that i pose is not 100 percent true i might i might give you a little bit of pushback uh by saying that no stand-up comedian is humble you get in front of a room of 100 people and say everybody listen to me you know what I'm saying? There's That's some level. Fair. There's a level of it because I do comedy too. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm, 
I'm not saying I'm some fucking Peace Corps worker either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not out there. I'm not out there fucking feeding the homeless every day and shit like that. But there are people that are, by the way. For sure. And they're not, and they're not me and they're not Dave Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? That they're out there on the fucking street every day fucking wiping shit off of people's faces and shit. You know what I'm saying? People you ain't never heard of. You know what I mean? Like, that's true. There's, true. there's level there's levels to all of it is what that's I'm saying. True. But, that's true. But, but you're 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 right. You're right. That not every not everybody is Donald Trump and all that. Yeah. You know, Russell Brand, I don't know what you call him, but he's a celeb, you know, and I got to chop it up with Russell like a couple weeks ago. Nice. And I, I just want to I just want to balance balance, you know, I don't know, some of the some of the darker realities of what you were just sharing. Right. About ego mm-hmm. and all that. Like. This man goes to the, uh, feed the homeless. He goes to the soup kitchen, you know, like a couple times a week doing what he does now. It, it just depends on what you're looking for, man, at the end of the day, right? Like this last artist I had on last week said social media is the devil. You've seen you've seen uh, that documentary, right? The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I've been hearing about it. I haven't heard it. I've uh, seen it. Oh, I yeah, got to watch. Got to watch. hundred percent. Okay, cool. cool. Because there's there's effects. There's effects of social media beyond getting negative stuff. I mean, you know, there's girl, there's girls that are fucking 17 that are going into plastic lip, surgery. lip injections. Yeah. Well, they're, crazy. they're saying, I want to look like I look in this filter oh, fuck. because wow. these girls, these girls are 14 years old. And when they post a picture of themselves without the filter and then with the filter, the one with the filter will get 300 likes and the one without it will get hundred likes. So they're fucking prettier with this stupid filter on that. So they want to look like the filter and they go to a fucking doctor and tell them they want to look like the filter and they feel bad when they fucking don't get enough. You know, it's it's one thing for us. We're adults, you know, but for kids, this shit has a lot of negative to it. You know, Yo, we haven't seen that. I'm glad you brought that up, bro, because we're in a social experiment right now. We haven't even seen the effects of what this is right now. For all we know, like the social media shit and, and, and the likes and all that, it could be like equivalent to smoking on planes in the 70s. Remember these? You let you smoke on planes and the fucking. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we could be in that moment right now. I talk about that's a perfect <laughs> analogy. I talk about that. I use that that type of analogy all the time. Our grandparents, they didn't know that smoking was bad. In like the right. 30s, you'd go into a doctor's office and they sometimes even you know what you need for your cough. You need to smoke a couple Winston lights. You know what I mean? That that you know what that is right now? Driving your own car. 30 years from now, they're going to look back and be like, I can't believe they had a million car accidents every year when now nobody drives their own car and there aren't any car accidents. That's going to be the equivalent that the amount of deaths we get in in car accidents is going to be looked at like the amount of fucking smoking deaths we got back when people thought it was legal. That's brilliant. That's a positive uh, use of technology until the fucking wrong hands, wrong hands get a hold of the technology and make all the cars fucking crash at the same time, Sam. But uh, (laughs) no, I I think that the. the social experiment you're talking about is, is, is accurate. But at the same time, like depression has gone up. Yeah. Teenage, teenage depression has gone up. You know, what's interesting is teenage, Mm. teenage pregnancy and teenage sex in general has gone way down. Did you know that? Nah. On the fucking phone. Oh shit. And, and also I, I think the widespread access availability of porn is fucking, especially well, men and women, men and women equally, but, but I, I'm a man, so I relate to it as a man. I think it's fucking trashing us without us knowing it. So I believe there's a certain chemistry. Like if you think about Led Zeppelin coming together, right? If you think about the Beatles coming together, it's kind of amazing how the universe works to 
bring certain people together, right? So they can like yeah. create create magic. I feel like you had that magic with EOM, which by the way, I'm super sorry for your loss, man. Condolences. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah, of course. So like, tell me how you and E uh, found each other. Um, that could just be interesting to touch on quickly. He saw one of my freestyle videos on a Facebook group, but he reached out to me on MySpace and then he sent me a track, which turned out to be the track for this song we did called The Adventures of Larry and Tina. Yep. And then uh, after that, he, I was like, let's do another song. And he sent me like 50 beats. And I was just like, you know, let's do an album. And then uh, we did it. We pretty much we recorded a whole album before we ever actually met in person. You know, that's crazy. Which at the time at the time was actually much more weird than it is now. Like now it's not even weird to do an album over the, the Internet. You it's know the norm. Yeah. Now. But it's back the, then, it's the norm is the back, norm now. Back right? then it wasn't. Yeah. I think another theme on the podcast, bro, is like these false starts. You know, people think, oh, shit, this opportunity is looking good. And then it just like poof goes away like that. And then, you know, and then you kind of have to feel that sort of that pain or that letdown, you know, when you and I were working together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was managing. I feel like you and I, there was a dude named Vince Herbert. I don't know if you remember that dude, but he managed Lady <laughs> yeah. Gaga. Okay. Yeah, managed Lady Gaga. And, and, um, and you and I had been like grinding for a, a, a minute, actually, I think, right at that point. And then, and then I, I reached out to Vince and this dude, I don't know if you remember this, but this dude canceled the meeting. Yeah. This mm -hmm. dude canceled the meeting like eight times. Lady Gaga was, this is right after what paparazzi or when, when was she like the biggest thing on the planet? Like right yeah. then. I mean, pretty yeah. much then, then until now, you know, the yeah. whole time. Yeah, yeah. But, but she but was big then. Yeah, she, she was. She was blowing up. This dude pushes the meeting like four or five times in a very short notice. So like this build up and then this letdown and um, right. I'm sure you felt some of that too at the time. And then like finally, you remember we're sitting there with Vince and you do your thing and the dude's just going nuts. And I'm like, yo, like this is it. Like this, this is about to be a deal. Like this is about to be gravy. Do you remember this? And I remember, like, I remember. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that he was going nuts. I, ah, I, 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 no, listen, listen, Sam, listen. I remember that while I was rapping, he was relatively disinterested, and then after the shit stopped, he looked up from his phone and went nuts. And I was like, "You weren't even paying attention, fool!" Like, but that, looking back at it now, I didn't know what I was doing back then. I was doing like, I, I, I wasn't. I didn't do the right the right song. You know what I mean? I didn't have the right shit to play for him. You know, I did a fucking, I did my song. I remember I did relax my song called relax. Yes. You did do that song. Relax. Right. And the reason I did it was because I had just recorded it. So like I I'm, <laughs> I'm hyped about shit. I just did. You know what I mean? Did he That's want you to rap? About, did he want, did he want you to rap about bitches and cars? Like, I think it would have suited like if I, you know, with, with my knowledge now, it would have suited me to do a song that has a fucking chorus and maybe a fucking a song. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do remember that. And I remember that he was looking at his phone while I was rapping. It felt really weird <laughs> because, that, because then, because then when he got, when he fit, when I finished, he was excited, you know, That's I like, didn't buy it yeah. though. I didn't buy into that guy. Really? I never, I never thought okay. that he was going to be, but do you remember that? He's like, yo, well, he's like, yo, I'm taking this to Jimmy. And then you and I, we poured up, bro. We had like four shots right after, like it was a celebratory moment, you know? Okay, and he so, was like, so yeah, that's what you, that's what you mean by false start. Okay. Yo. I got you. That's, that's a really a thought I hadn't had in a while. And uh, it's funny how, when you get older, like 
memories are so fucking fuzzy. You know what I'm saying? And Can be. when you, what's funny is you were saying like, yeah, then we took shots afterwards. I was I, I was that like I took shots every fucking day back then. <laughs> like I don't fucking remember. I drank so much back then. I don't remember. I think that shit fucked my memory up too. That whole period was interesting for me because I always had the idea that the music industry was impenetrable. Mm. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you could go into the office. I always, I always thought there'd be like armed security guards outside of these record buildings. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was like that, but it's not true. Right. You can, you can walk into the building and be like, I'm here to see whoever. <laughs> like it's, yeah. I, thought that, I thought that if you went to a record company, like if you went to Def Jam building, I thought there'd be a hundred rappers out there with their fucking mixtape. And there's not, I'm like, I'm like, why not? There should be, what are y'all doing? You know what I mean? Let's get back to your false start thing. The thing that I tell people that want to be in music, especially is like, I know that Jimmy Iovine said this. I don't know who told me that Jimmy Iovine said this, or if I read it somewhere, if I saw it in a podcast or you told me or who, I don't know. But Jimmy Iovine said he's never met somebody in the music business that failed. He's only met people that's, that gave up. The reason that this is true is because the, the number one most important thing when you're trying to get into something like mu- music is stamina. It's stamina. Like, like, and then the crazy shit is like, you know, what I was telling you about the, the hours that I would spend posting those spam comments, like I wasn't getting paid for that. But I feel like now... Now, now, when when I get a check for people listening to Spotify, I'm getting it's a back payment for that. You know what I'm saying? Wow. All the all the all the all the free all the free work that was done early. If you have success, we'll get we'll get we'll come back to you. It will be paid to you at a much later date. But most people ain't willing to put in that much free work. It's a testament to like, how hard do you want to work? How bad do you want it? And also, like, how bad do you need it? I just kind of like have to do it. You know what I mean? And and. Just as much as I have, I loved music all my life. I, I was inspired by not wanting to have a real job. I had so many real jobs that I really didn't want to have that. So that made me work at it too. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you remember working at Ben Sherman at, yeah. at the Beverly Center, bro? Yeah. And I was, and, and at the point you were, you were hard up on money and I was throwing you some, some cash a little bit Absolutely. every month just to keep you going, bro. That's true. Yep. I quit in, I quit in some crazy way, fucking yelling at the fucking lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a lot. I've had a lot. I've had a lot of like, 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 I don't like fucking kind of like push the shit off the flip the desk over type of quits. I've had a lot of those quits in my life. It was when I went back to get my last paycheck that she acted like she like I was going to fucking physically hurt her or something like that. So she like closed the little dumb gate door in the mall because the <laughs> store was in the mall. Still to this day, one of my least to this day is the la- that was the last job I ever had. And to this day, I mean. Like it wow. wasn't mu- music related. And to this day, it's probably tied with McDonald's for my least favorite job. I always tell this story. This fucking really dapper dude came <laughs> in. He was, you know, the Ben Sherman's kind of like a preppy kind of thing. Yeah. And especially at that time, that was the opposite of my vibe. Uh, I'm thinking like it's a J. Crew vibe for people that don't know. Right. J- Everybody knows J. Crew. It's but it's like, nice. It's, it's like a, a step up from that. It's like okay. a British. It's a they Got call it. it mod. Mod, have you ever heard of mod? I haven't heard of mod, but pe- educate picture, the people. Picture, picture like a British guy wearing wearing like a nice, like tight khakis and like a polo-y shirt with, yep. ma- with ma- maybe even like an Argyle sweater. I was like on the floor. This guy came up to me, had two ties. He's like, hey, man, do you, do you think this tie or this tie? And in my head, I'm just like, you know better than me. Your fucking opinion, whatever it is, is so much more educated and better than mine on this issue. You don't know because I'm wearing the stupid shirt right now that I have no idea 
which fucking tie is better than each. You know what I mean? Just the fact that you're shopping here makes you much more qualified <laughs> than I am. You know, I was still in my didn't have a driver's license from a DUI period. So I had to take the bus from uh, the valley to, you know, La Cienega. Wow, yo, I remember that back in those chapters of, of when we were in music, bro. We got some good memories, bro. That, that yeah. shit's funny. There's another one that's funny as fuck. I don't know if you remember this one, but I think people get a kick out of it. So Wax and I had a lawyer at the time and mm -hmm. we were taking a meeting at Justin Timberlake's little record label. Yeah, 10 and, man records. Yep, 10 man records. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then this is so funny. The lawyer we were using at the time wasn't like a high, uh, really a super high pro profile. I could, lawyer, tell, I really. could tell you his name. I could tell you his name. I'm not going to, but I could tell you his name. I yeah, I would, I would love to fucking throw that guy under the bus right now, bro. I really would because it was so whack what he did. He almost should get thrown under the bus. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Like, I think looking back at it, like at the time, yeah. I thought it was crazy that he did that. Tell yeah, the story yeah. first. Right. Tell the story All right. First. So here's the story, bro. So Wax and I get us a meeting at the 10 man records and, and we're posted up and this lawyer that we're using, like I said, not a super high profile lawyer, maybe like one tier down or something. And motherfucker uh, emails me. I'm like, yo, um, we're taking a meeting right now. I'll keep you posted. Right. The dude's like, Oh, I'm five minutes away. I'll be there. Shows up in like 15 minutes, like kind of commandeers the meeting a little bit, comes in like, oh, what's good, good to see you to like the label head of Justin Timberlake mm -hmm. is there for what? Maybe like seven, eight minutes, like because we're on that. We're on the tail end of our meeting. We've been there for a minute, seven, eight minutes, heads out of there, shoots us a bill for like two hours of work or some shit. For like yeah. seven hundred fifty bucks for for yeah. up. I'm like what? I know, I know, I know. It was at least it was at least like five hundred bucks, and this is, uh, maybe this yeah. Is, it was is, it was at a, it was at a time where where you know we didn't have any money, and we certainly didn't have five hundred bucks to give this fucking. And we lawyer. didn't need that motherfucker there. Like he right. was he was he was like he, he, he was sipping he decided, off our juice. Yeah. He was sipping off our juice to like get his relationship going with like that label head. And charging uh -oh. us for it, bro. Like he just went to the meeting because he knew he could charge 500 bucks. You know what I'm saying? But I guess you're right that he had ulterior motives other than that, too. But looking at it now, it doesn't like dealing with lawyers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they don't they don't work for free. We didn't ask him to come. You got to ask him to not come. <laughs> are you serious? You know what I mean? with the, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but that's how they are, man. Wow. They, they chart, they bill out their time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's too I've heard funny. so many stories like you, like, Hey, we should have drinks and celebrate. And then they'd be like three hours of drinks, $1,500 <laughs> right. you know, on your, on your bill. Wait, you got, that's happened to you, bro. Not to me. I'm oh, okay. 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 That, that's not happening to me. My lawyer that I ended up having who I haven't had to use a lawyer in a long time, but my yeah. lawyer was, was fucking awesome. When you're starting out, the dream is to get signed by a major label. When you say most artists feel that way. But then there's the balancing your, which you did, you got signed to Def Jam, which everybody mm -hmm. knows. But then there's the, the balancing of like what you feel is right in your heart for a project and like what, you know, kind of being beholden to the label's vision for the project, right? And I think that might be a valuable, I don't know, you might have some valuable insight on that maybe for people on the way in. It's going to work out different for everybody. So everybody just kind of has to follow their own road and see, you know, some of it's bumpy, some of it's paved smooth, you know, but just kind of follow your own road. I will say that uh, 
that's the the major label shit is like it's best if you kind of have your your thing already going true and they, and they just kind of jump in and kind of bankroll it and be like keep doing your thing uh, in my case i kind of like sort of had my thing going not mm-hmm. all the way though you know what i'm saying so yeah. I, I i needed to be more like kind of science project a little bit you know what i'm saying and yep. uh it wasn't the best situation for me but i always look at it like if somebody gives me money i kind of like okay i'm working you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what do y'all want me to do? I'm at least try to I'm, I'm working for y'all. Now. Almost like a blue collar mentality about it. Right. I agree. And you give it a shot. I think it was a learning experience. I think it was an interesting experience. I think that uh, in many ways, like I said earlier, I feel like I dodged potentially dodged a bullet. You know what I mean? Like, who knows what would have happened if I became like uh, too famous or if I if I was like a one hit wonder. And now I got to fucking just be the blah, blah, blah guy. You know what I'm saying? Like the fucking Rico, Rico Suave. That's so funny. Thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. It really means the world to me. If you heard anything relatable that created new awareness for you, please visit our podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or review. This helps build our audience. Please comment, like, and share this episode out with your family, friends, coworkers, or anyone who you feel would benefit from the messages shared in today's episode. I'm really, really grateful for your help in spreading these messages of hope and wisdom. The world is in such great need right now and your support helps carry the message onward to others who need it. Also, please consider becoming a monthly financial contributor to the podcast. You can do so by visiting connectionismagic.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Patreon is a third-party platform which helps support creators in exchange for exclusive content and offers. You'll be able to get discounted merchandise like comfy hoodies, t-shirts, as well as retreat discounts where we'll have special guest speakers and group activities to connect you with like-minded community members. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, please stay connected.